Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Well, hey there, friend. Welcome back to the club. How you feeling today? How you feeling in your body? I hope you feel amazing in your body, about your body. That is always my prayer for you. So today I want to talk about kind of an interesting way to Look at the food you're eating. I want to jiggle up your brain a little bit, give you a little perspective. Um, Because I heard this story about a family who, they were trying to overhaul their budget. You know, they were kind of looking at how they spent their money and wanting to be better stewards and just, um, just really use their money wisely. And so they found that a lot of their money was spent on food, which I can totally relate. <laughs> that is a huge part um, of where our money goes is to our grocery bill. But when they really started looking at how they were spending money on food, they were you know, looking at their receipts and their credit card bills and even just kind of looking in their pantry at the foods they had, they realized that number one, they were eating out a lot and um, also just spending a big chunk of their grocery bill on um, what they called entertainment foods, you know, not necessarily what they considered fuel, fuel for the body, food that their body really needs. A lot of it was like snacky, processed, and packaged foods. Um, And it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't about fuel. It was about entertainment, like pleasure foods, all right? So, I mean, food is really um, supposed to be fuel for our body, right? When we think of real food the way God made it, it's meant to go in and build and repair and supply energy and do all of these things for all of the systems in our body, we need vitamins, we need minerals, we need amino acids and fatty acids and fiber. And these are all really important things um, that help our bodies run like they're supposed to, to run efficiently. You know, if you think of a car, it needs gas, it needs oil. um, And those are the right things that it needs to run. You wouldn't dump a bunch of sludgy nastiness into your car, it's just going to kind of kaput in your driveway. You know, it's not going to go, it's not going to run right. And that's the same with our bodies. Um, Fuel, true fuel is real food the way God made it. But that family, this family realized that the majority of their food was not about food, was not about fuel. It was about entertainment. The Doritos in the pantry, entertainment grabbing a Starbucks every morning, not so much about fuel, although we, you know, think about coffee as fuel, but you can get coffee at home, right? Um, No, going through Starbucks was more about entertainment in the mouth, you know, going out to lunch every day instead of bringing one from home. 
that's not all about fuel. That's a lot about entertainment. Taking the kids to Sonic on the reg, you know, for limeades and ice cream. Certainly not about fuel for the body. That's about entertainment. And so they decided to create a budget based on food as fuel versus food as entertainment. And they set a limit on how much money they could use on food as entertainment and made sure that the rest of their hard-earned money was going toward food that actually fueled their bodies. And I just thought this was a really powerful way to look at food, you know, as fuel versus entertainment. Because, you know, if you are buying foods, eating out, and doing all of these things for pleasure, um, you know, for the way it feels and tastes in your mouth, I mean, it's like a constant party in your mouth. That's like what we're trying to achieve here. You know, like party in the mouth, woohoo, you know, um, and that is not going to get you the body or the health that you want. Um, and that I'm not saying that we can't eat food for pleasure, you know, but if your food is more entertainment than fuel and it's way out of proportion, then that's going to create a problem and it's time to rein it in, yo. So, you know, this can be hard to do if you've been partying in your mouth for too long, you know, because what you've essentially done is train your body to want the party food, you know, to be entertained all the time. Um, you know, and so like the first piece of this that we think about is your taste buds, right? If your taste buds are used to just getting um, this real intense, flavorful, whether that's sugary, you know, or spicy, like hot Cheetos or, um, you know, something like that, especially now that we have all of these processed foods um, that are, you know, chemically enhanced um, to specifically target you to have this kind of party in your mouth <laughs> syndrome to make it so exciting and pleasurable and just like explode with excitement in your mouth that you want to go back for more um and the problem with that is is that you know when you've done that for a while then real food is just not that exciting you know it's hard to compete with that it's hard to compete with um you know overly flavored, intense, you know, tasting foods that overstimulate your taste buds. Really, it just throws your taste buds and your taste receptors out of whack. It's like giving it unreasonable expectations of what um, what food is. I mean, you know, you'll hear like, I hear this all the time, I don't like vegetables, you know, or fruit is boring. Like, don't give me fruit as a dessert. I want the ice cream, you know. Um, and so when we do a sugar detox, I mean, you know, I take people through a sugar detox or week one of feast to fast, um, when we're only eating real food, the way God made it, oh my gosh, it totally adjusts your taste buds. I mean, that is one thing that we're doing on purpose. It's one of our goals is just like this reset. I mean, we are going back to, um, you know, essentially the, the basics we're resetting our taste buds. And so um, by the time that we get to the end of Feast of Fast and we're introducing some of our heck yeah foods, which is, you know, essentially more entertainment foods, people are shocked by um, how, you know, intensely sweet things are 
that's one thing that really people say a lot. It's like, oh my gosh, it just tasted like almost sickly sweet. Or they can really taste the chemicals, like that kind of, that unnatural um, flavor in the food. And it's just not something that you really notice if you're having the constant potty in your mouth. You know what I mean? So the human tongue has anywhere from 2,000 to 8,000 taste buds. Um, and the average lifespan of our taste buds is about 10 days, 10, 10 to 14 days. So, you know, kind of around that two week mark. And every two weeks or so, our taste buds naturally die off and they regenerate. So we're always, you know, growing new um, taste buds. Now, um, as we age, this, you know, slows down a bit, but we're still regenerating um, new cells in the body. And, and that's true, like all over our body. And I think people forget this. So, um, you know, our body is constantly remaking and rebuilding itself. And so you have to just pause here for a minute and say, okay, what does our body use to, to remake our cells, you know, rebuild cells and regenerate cells? It uses food that that's the building material that your body uses. Think about it. What else is it going to use? It is using the building material that you put in. So if you are building your body with Dunkin' Donuts, <laughs> you know, or these entertainment foods too much, you're, you know, you're not using your highest quality of materials to build your body and you're going to feel that, right? So um, it's really, that's just one of those reasons we got to be um, really discerning about what we put in the body. Yes, we need fuel, but we need quality fuel because you are literally, you are what you eat, okay? So, um, you know, it's, you can totally reset your taste buds so they are a little bit more, you know, open to receiving um, real food. And I'm not trying to make, it, I'm making it sound like real food is not tasty, which that is, not true at all. You give me some butter on, you know, some sweet potatoes. I mean, to me, that's a party in your mouth. And, you know, that's kind of the point is that, you know, it doesn't mean the party's over. It's just, it just means your idea of a good time <laughs> kind of changes, you know, like now a good time to me um, is like getting in bed early and reading a book. That makes me sound so boring, but I mean, it makes me so happy. Um, but if I'm really gonna just, you know, shake it up, just get together with my girlfriends, just my close girlfriends, my quality girlfriends, getting together um, and just spending time with them, that makes me so happy. You know, we're back in the day, you know, it was like party to me meant like going out in the town and just, you know, maybe going dancing and there's lights and there's intense music and it's just that overstimulation, right? It's just overstimulation and then that's what you get in the, your mind as a party, you know? And then, um, you know, you get a little bit older and you're like, ooh, I like a party at my house by myself, <laughs> just relaxing. And so um, it still can feel really good and, and make you um, really happy. It's just a different idea of what a party is. And so that is how we can, you know, we can refine our palate, right? And um, change what we think of as a party in our mouth. Um, the other thing, the other thing um, we have to think of when we're thinking about like, quote unquote, entertainment food, 
you know, um, is that in the same way it creates a party in your mouth, it also creates a party in your brain. So there is a neurotransmitter called dopamine. Okay, it's, just, it's this compound in your body. It's a chemical that is released in response to reward and pleasure. Okay, um, so when you read articles about sugar being as addictive as cocaine, this is one of the things they're talking about, okay? Because when something feels good and is pleasurable, you'll get this little hit of dopamine, this chemical, which encourages you to want to do that same thing again. Now, originally, you know, this mechanism in our body was meant to encourage survival. So we need to feel good when we eat food so that we want to eat and fuel our body. We need to feel good so that um, when we have sex so that we want to do it again so that we can pro proliferate, you know, go forth and multiply as the Bible says. The only way that we're going to survive is that if we, um, is if we um, populate, you know, so, um, and just, you know, being around friends again, will also give you that little hit of dopamine because we're meant to be in fellowship. And so it was, you know, that dopamine response, that pleasure signal, that reward, that reinforcement of reward is meant to be a positive thing, um, that just moves us forward in life. But here's the thing, you can also get dopamine responses to things that are not good for you, you know, like all of these chemically laden foods. Um, you can get a dopamine response to that, but there are other things you wouldn't think of, like, um, like ladies, we can get a hit of dopamine when we shop, you know, and so, you know, you become like a shopaholic. If you get this pleasure, you're trying to find this outside pleasure through shopping and you get that dopamine hit every time you buy something new. You can get a dopamine hit from gambling. Um, you know, you can get a dopamine hit. Now, this is interesting. I've read that people get a dopamine release in response to drama. You know, there's people in your life that are just like, it, it seems like drama follows them around or they're always just in the midst of some drama. Well, people can get a dopamine response from drama. And so they're just really attracted to that or, you know, they attract it to themselves um, because they get a pleasure response from drama as totally backwards and weird as that sounds. It can happen. Um, but, you know, with the food thing, the problem is, is that, you know, historically we had much fewer choices than we have today. Today, we just have this over food abundance, which is the blurse, you know, it's a blessing that we do not have to worry about starving and where, you know, where we're going to get food, we can go to the grocery store. Um, but back in the day, again, it was like, look around outside, what are we going to have for dinner? What are we going to pick or shoot or, you know, well, even maybe not even shoot, maybe hit with the bow and arrow or whatever it may be, you know, way back in the day or what are we going to find to eat, you know? Um, and so that, it was just much more natural because we had only real foods to deal with, you know? And as far as sweets go, you know, it might have been like a blueberry would have delivered that dopamine hit that we get from, you know, these crazy sugar today, you know? And back in the day, blueberries were more tart. They weren't the little plump, sugar balls that we, 
you know, that we eat now. And so um, the problem is now that, you know, a blueberry or even a banana cannot compete with all of the sweet, intensely sweet and flavored things that we can get today. Like all these, you know, just a cookie laden with sugar and chemicals that are meant to specifically target these pleasure centers in our brain, you know? So like a banana ain't gonna cut it, even though a banana is a pretty sweet fruit. And so the, the, what happens is that the more intense and stimulating foods that you eat to get this dopamine hit, the more your brain wants it. And it needs a more intense hit to keep receiving um, that pleasure reward. Because after a while, we're like, meh, you know, this cookie... I'm so over this cookie. It's not it's not giving me that release of pleasure like it used to. So now I need more or now I need something um, even sweeter. And that's why they compare sugar to drugs is really because it's kind of that same thing with drugs. Like after a while, your body gets used to, you know, a certain amount and then you need more to get that dopamine hit. And so um, it just creates this crazy, you know, vicious downward spiral of just, um, you know, needing more and more and more um, and just really, really can <laughs> just really wreck you in so many ways. Now, the thing is, this is totally um, remediable. Is that a word? Remedy? Remediable? Um, but, you know, it takes First of all, you have to recognize it, right? Um, and then you got to do something about it. And it takes like, you know, a sugar detox or something like we do in Feast of Fast where you are resetting not only your taste buds, um, but your dopamine response as well so that it can get back to some reasonable criteria, okay? Um, and when we're thinking about, about this and um, creating this kind of unreasonable um response to foods and, you know, expectations from, you know, our mouth and our brains, we got to think about our kids, you know, what are we training them? What are we giving them? Are we giving them fuel most of the time? Are we giving them entertainment? Is it just a constant party in the mouth and a party in the brain to where they never want anything healthy, right? Because they, they, we've trained them, um, like we train ourselves to have these unreasonable expectations um, of what food is. We've just completely hijacked our receptors, whether it's our taste bud um, receptors or our dopamine receptors. So that we really have to think about that, you know, for ourselves, for our kiddos, um, and teach them, teach them the difference between, you know, food as fuel and food is entertainment and something that we have some of the time, but not all of the time. Now, the last thing I want to speak to about, you know, eating for entertainment as opposed to eating for fuel is in relation to emotional eating. So quite often we use food to avoid, you know, feeling certain emotions like sadness or boredom or frustration. You know, we don't like to feel those things. And, um, and so it's super easy to, if we want to feel better, want a little hit of dopamine, you know, that little pleasure chemical coursing through our body, go grab a bag of chips, you know, get some cookies, have an extra glass of wine. And we're just kind of trying to cover up that icky feeling 
with the, something that feels better. You know, even though we know that that those chips are only going to last so long, you know, that um, those cookies, that pleasure is really temporary. You know, in the moment, we don't care. We just want to feel better in the moment. Um, or even, you know, even like boredom, it doesn't have to be an intense sadness or stress. I mean, I know that um, out of boredom or frustration, like when I'm working on something, I'm trying to write and I'm stuck, I will just get up and wander around my kitchen and just start eating you know, and almost to where I'm not even paying attention. It's just, I'm trying to feel better or, you know, just kind of cover up that frustration I'm feeling um, with that little hit of dopamine. And so, um, but you know, eventually that just creates a whole problem in itself, right? Because we're not, we're not, we still have to go back. I still have to sit back down at the computer and finish writing right? It's just, it's not going to get done for me. I'm still going to have to go through that feeling of being frustrated until I can work through it. Whatever made us sad um, or stressed to reach for um, that food, you know, as pleasure, as entertainment to get rid of that emotion, um, we're still going to have to face that situation. But now we've added another layer of problem because if we keep doing that, um, you know, our food entertainment is going to come at a cost um, of our health. So we have to really think about that. Um, now, to, you know, remedy um, this party in the mouth, party in the brain, um, you know, and face our emotional eating, you know, like I said, is that easy? I mean, no, <laughs> not always. Um, it, it doesn't feel easy when you're starting. If, you know, if you've been doing this for so long, um, just completely eating um, based on pleasure and entertainment, trying to entertain yourself with food or cover up those emotions with food, then pulling out of it, you know, it takes a little fortitude, you know, and first of all, let's just be real and realize that most of our entertainment eating comes from carbs, you know, I mean, like not many people are gins in for a chicken breast, okay, um, it's really the carbs that get us into trouble and it takes a little carbohydrate rehab, which is, you know, sometimes I think I should have called feast to fast carbohydrate rehab. And that's why I structured it the way I did is um, to give the body the opportunity to reset, you know, go back to kind of back to that ground zero of just really um, allowing real food, the body to, to get used to real food as its baseline as what is reasonable, as the criteria that we want to go off of. And then once you've kind of done that reset, then allow some of the entertainment foods to come back in, you know. Um, and that's, you know, like in week one of Feast to Fast, we have so much going on like that. We are resetting taste buds. We are resetting dopamine receptors. We're resetting insulin receptors. We're detoxing. There is so much internal shifting going on inside the body that at about day three, I come on in the group and I'm like, okay, who's feeling crappy? Okay, you are great. That's awesome because you really should be feeling kind of crappy right now. Your body is doing so many things. It's changing so much. And with that comes some discomfort. You know, anytime we're like detoxing and getting, you know, just kind of shedding some of these, um, this yuckiness and your body is shifting and everything's resetting, 
it comes with some discomfort. And y'all have heard me say that my new favorite phrase is results are on the other side of discomfort. Okay. Um, results are on the other side of discomfort. So, you know, when, when we're trying to change anything, when we're trying to do something new, it's going to come with a level of discomfort. And it's the people that just ride through it, that can sit with that discomfort and, um, and be okay with it and kind of get over that hump. Those are the people that are going to be successful. You know, if you're two to three, three days in feast to fast or a longer sugar detox. And I mean, right when your body is at the height of really starting to shift and make changes and then you throw in the towel, you know, then you're, you kind of start over. Um, and so you're just better off just to ride it through, you know, get over that discomfort and results are on the other side of discomfort. So, you know, when it comes to eating for fuel, versus eating for entertainment. I mean, again, the first thing to do is just recognize it. And I hope that that is one thing that I'm going to bring into your conscience today is you're going to be like, hmm, you're going to have this like tally in your head and you're going to be putting things in on one side or the other. Like, oh, that's an entertainment food. Oh, that's a fuel food. You know, just kind of making those mental tallies or even writing it down um, in a food journal and really paying attention to that. Um, you know, and again, it doesn't mean that, you know, fuel and entertainment can't come together in one big hallelujah moment, you know, where we're like experienced both at one time. And, um, no, that's, that is when all the magic happens. Cause I can tell you that I am highly entertained by a great steak and potatoes and salad with a sprinkle of blue cheese and, you know, yes. And a glass of wine with that. I mean, that's a gorgeous real meal that's both fuel and entertainment. Like to me, that is a party in my mouth all day long. Um, you know, and that's a beautiful thing when that happens, when we can really appreciate real food. But it takes that dialing back, that taking out all those overstimulating um, foods, those processed foods, those chemicals that really confuse your brain and confuse your mouth to think that that's what's normal. You know, like that is not what's normal. Um, and so it just takes a bit of a reset. Um, but when it happens, um, it is, like I said, it is a beautiful thing. So that is what I wanted to share with you, my friends. I want you to get out there and fuel up your body with good things like real food the way God made it. Okay, so um, let me know. Let me know if this jiggled your brain up today <laughs> and how it affected you. And, you know, I always appreciate when you leave comments um, because it, it makes this podcast more um, available to other people when there's comments and when there's a little chatter about it or when you share it or when you subscribe, all of those things make iTunes think it's more worthy. And so it will put it in front of more people. And friend, that is my mission. And my purpose is to reach more, you know, reach more people, more of God's people with this message of real food, the way God made it so we can keep the team healthy, yo. So help me do that. I appreciate it so much when you do. I hope that you have a beautiful, wonderful, healthy and blessed week. And I will talk to you soon. 
everyone. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.